Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody into the ESPN FC studios for today's edition of the show. Alongside Ali Moreno, Shaka Hislop, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We do have a lot to get to in just a little bit. You'll hear from... Jan Agafjortov, Stuart Robson as well as we look ahead to some big games in the Bundesliga and the Premier League. But we'll start today in Spain with a big game this weekend. Barcelona against Atletico Madrid on Sunday in Barcelona. Now the two teams are even on points. Atleti do have a game in hand. Both squads four points back of your co-league leaders, Real Madrid and Girona. All right, what do the odds makers say about this one? No surprise, Barcelona at home installed as the favorite, just about even money. Interesting, both the Atleti win and the draw paying out at just about the same. All right, for more on this game, thrilled to welcome into the show Mario Suarez, of course, a uh, longtime player for Atletico Madrid, a product of their academy as well. And he joins us now from deep in enemy territory in Barcelona. Are you, are you okay? You look pretty cold out there, Mario. What's going on? <laughs> Hello, good night, all. Yeah, it's a little bit cold, but it's, it's okay. Happy to be with you here. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay though? Because the scarf seems yeah, like but, but be it may quick. not be okay. What, what do you say? Yeah. It's okay, but be quick. <laughs> All right. So uh, obviously, guys, plenty of connections between these uh, two teams. Probably none more pertinent right now than Joao Felix, of course, uh, on loan at Barcelona from Atletico Madrid. He had some very interesting comments about his former team in an interview this week with ESPN's Eduardo Vizcayar. Let's check it out. Hear what he had to say. How do you feel about this game on Sunday? Uh, for sure, it's a, it's a special game for me. Um, Atletico was my home uh, during the last four years. And, of course, we've uh, lost the sound there for Joao Felix. We will uh, effort to get that back. But, uh, obviously, a player who has really come into his own since leaving Atletico, Ale. Yeah, and, and it just never really worked out at Atletico Madrid. It just never felt like it was a matchup that made a whole lot of sense given the personality of the manager in Diego Simeone and the personality of the player in Joao Felix. Mm -hmm. Joao Felix is a guy that wants freedom. Diego Simeone says you have no such thing. Hmm. There will be no freedom. You will do what I ask you to do. You will defend and work like everybody else is defending and working. And Joao Felix is saying, nah, but that's not for me. That's not what I do. It was never going to work. Mm. Here we see a uh, comment from Antoine Griezmann, who, of course, knows the situation, both Atleti and Barcelona, quite well. Here's what he had to say about Joao Felix. In the end, when you get here, you know more or less what the coach is like, what the team is like. You adapt and work for it, or things don't work out for you. Joao had moments when he did very well, when he worked very well. But you have to be consistent, and he got tired. So he and the club made the effort to give him a way out. Mario, why do you think it didn't work out for Joao Felix at Atletico Madrid? Well, I think uh, Joao has been four years uh, in Atletico and he never adapted uh, to Atletico style, to Simeone style, uh, for, for what Simeone demands to a player that plays for Atletico. And well, now he's on loan, he has a lot of talent, but I think uh, talent is not enough. Uh, it depends on him how many effort he puts. 
And well, he say now he's happy in Barcelona. He's not scoring a lot of goals, but he's playing well. So let's see what he can do on Sunday. And uh, now he says he's happy. Let's see what happens in the future. Shaka, quite a different player from one club to the other. Yeah, and, and, and listen, when, when Atletico Madrid first signed João Felix, it, it didn't make sense, a whole lot of sense to me. And I thought maybe it signaled a change as to, as to what Diego Simeone was going to ask of Atletico Madrid. Quite clearly, there was no change, and it, it, the move just never made an awful lot of sense. Now, João Felix has gone to Barcelona. That style and a manager like Xavi clearly suits him a whole lot better, and he's been... He's been good. He's been better than he was at Atletico Madrid. I'm not going to say he's, he's setting the world alight. Mm -hmm. Four goals in, in 16 games says, says as much. But he has been better. And he's looked happier. Um, everything at, at Barcelona just, just seems to fit. But, but then to, to Griezmann's comments, and, and so Jano Black doubled down on, on saying pretty much the same thing. I, I just can't help but wonder how much of that is aimed at getting under the skin mm. of Joao Felix. Can, especially coming from, from Antoine Griezmann, given his struggles at Barcelona. And yes, he's been outstanding since his return uh, to Atletico Madrid. But I, I just thought, on a, on, as a standalone comment, it just seemed odd. Uh, but then once I saw Jano Black, as I say, it's pretty much saying the same. I couldn't help but feel that this was targeted Zhao Felix to get under his skin before this game. And, and I, 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 a tactic often used and one you guys and, understand. But I, but I must say, as form, you usually don't talk about former teammates. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's usually not a, a practice that, that you put forth. Uh, whatever decisions are made by teammates as they move on to a different club, you cannot leave that because that's part of the profession. Unless... Unless, of course, you were disappointed by that teammate mm. time and time again, and you created some sort of personal difference between you and that guy who's no longer here. And so, therefore, when you asked about him, you're not going to defend him. You are going to put him out there, and you're going to say, you know what? No, he wasn't consistent enough. No, he did not ad adapt. No, he did not change the way that he needed to play for us. He was not part of the group, so on and so forth. You feel a whole lot more freedom saying those things because guess what? Whatever your connection was with him was not all that strong, and so therefore the fact that he's gone, you feel it's a better thing for your but, team. But the other thing to that is Xiao Felix is alone. Yeah. So there's every chance that, that he may return, but by, by, by them saying this, I think it, it's serving to sever those ties, yeah. which Xiao Felix, I'm sure, would be very happy about. He, he wants out, however they, they can make it happen. All right, we promise you the headline-grabbing interview between oh, yeah? Xiao Felix go. and Eduardo Biscayar. Here it is. How do you feel about this game on Sunday? Ah, for sure, it's a it's a special game for me. Um, Atletico was my home uh, during the last four years, so of course I went with with some good moments there. So it's always special play against against my my old teammates. So yeah, it will be good to see to see them again and to see how we play against them. You seem happier here in Barcelona. What has made the difference personally for you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, here is the, is, the, is the club that I, since I was young, I always want to play. Uh, I always watch them in, on the TV during the, the last 10, 15 years. Uh, so yeah, it's like a dream come true and when you have the dream and you finally achieve, I think you become more happy, you know? So, yeah, I think it was because of that.
Portugal was a team that played perhaps middle closer to to your own goal. Atletico was that kind of team. Here you play closer to the opponent's goal. How did you how do you feel personally to that? What's the style that you like the most? No, for sure this one. <laughs> Me and uh, every player. If you ask every player, if you ask the players from Atletico too, they will prefer to play more time on the attack. For sure. If they don't assure that, they are lying. <laughs> uh, but of course, we every player wants to attack, wants to to have the ball and to to score goals. Of all the Atletico players that you're going to face on Sunday, who is the one that you're looking forward mostly to face on uh, next game? Uh, I can say. I can say the Paul, Rodrigo the Paul. Yeah, I can say. Why? Because <laughs> in the field is so annoying. Uh, the last years I was in his team, so it was okay. But seeing him from outside uh, is so annoying. But so yeah, I want to see how he will do with me and how he will react. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him on the field. Uh, because outside is a good, really good person, uh, and now I want to see always to play against him. Told you it was headline grabbing, didn't I? <laughs> uh, so there we have the uh, the comments from Joao Felix. It sounds Mario like he's saying a little bit. Players don't like playing the Atleti style. What do you make of that? No, I don't believe so. It seems like he never want to play for Atletico, but for the other players. I don't know. I think the players that Atletico has believe in Simeone, believe in the message, and they know that if they want to win, they have to to do what Simeone say. And I think the problem is that uh, Joao Felix, as, as he said, is more happy in Barcelona than in Atletico. He preferred the style of Barcelona. Uh, he played more attacking, but if you see the numbers on the, on the table, uh, Atletico at the moment has more goals than Barcelona. So <coughs> let's see. But uh, as I told you before, I, it looks like he never wanted to play for Atletico. Mm. We're criticizing Joao Felix here for not adapting. Mm. What about Diego Simeone? Should he have adapted better to this player? Because we obviously see what he can do, uh, you know, now at Barcelona. Yeah, but Mario would know this, all right? You adapt to Diego Simeone or otherwise you're no longer part of Atletico Madrid. Those players that have been unable or unwilling to at the very least meet Simeone halfway... They're gone. They're out the door. They're no longer part of the picture. And I think this is part of the issue with Joao Felix and Atletico Madrid is that he was never willing to actually meet Simeone halfway, to actually say, you know what, you're asking me to work defensively. I'm going to do that for you. But, and by doing that, I'm going to earn the right to take some chances going forward whenever the opportunity presents itself. That's where I think the disconnect happened. And he got to the point to where Simeone no longer trusted Joao Felix to do the job that he was asked to do. And when the manager loses trust in a player, doesn't matter who it is, that trust you're not going to get back. And I don't think Joao Felix earned that trust from the Diego Simeone at any point. Again, it's a, it's a relationship that was never going to work. But Diego Simeone, given the success that he has had with Atletico Madrid, where he has become Atletico Madrid, the identity of Atletico Madrid is Diego Simeone. There was only one person that was going to need to adapt here, and that is Joao Felix, not Diego Simeone. If there is somebody that we know Simeone trusts right now, it's Antoine Griezmann. Mario, why do you think Griezmann has been so good since returning to Atleti Madrid, Atletico Madrid, especially this year where he's followed up a great World Cup with a great club year? 
Well, I think uh, Antoine Griezmann is top player. Uh, has quality, has sacrifice. He's an example for his uh, teammates. When you see when you see your star player uh, defending in your in your own box, uh, you have to do the same at least. So I think uh, he's the leader of the team. He's a key player, and all the players follow him. And he's an amazing. He's scoring goals. He's assisting uh, his teammates. I think uh, he's a very clever or intelligent guy and I think he loves to play for Atletico, to play to Simeone and I think he's happy and when you are happy uh, you do the good things in the pitch so I think uh, we have to be happy with Griezmann in Atletico. And, and to that point, if Antoine Griezmann is willing to do the work defensively mm. then Joao Felix better be willing to do the work defensively, hence why it never did work because you see Antoine Griezmann, who is the superstar of the team, you see him defending in deep areas. You see him participating in, in the build-up. And you see him participating whenever the team actually needs to get behind the ball and defend a result. He's doing it. So if he's doing it and he's the leader of the team and he is the example and then the other guy is not willing to do it, guess who's going to be the star of the group? Guess who's going to remain with Atletico Madrid? And guess who's gone? All right, so uh, Barcelona against Atletico Madrid coverage starts at 2.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time Sunday right here on ESPN+. Plus. Let's take a look at the predictions. Mm. A whole lot of fence sitting. That's what I see right here. Shaka's <laughs> got to draw. Ale's got to draw. Uh -huh. Even Mario, the Atleti guy, has a draw to, to Mario. Why aren't you picking Atleti to win? Look, I really want Atleti to win, but uh, as Simeone never won here, that's why I say a draw. But I hope Atletico can win the, on Sunday because uh, they are in a good moment. But it's true that Simeone never, never won here. And maybe a draw is good for them because we have to remember that they are uh, one game less uh, than Barcelona and they are with the same points. So that's why I say a draw. Mario, what about Barcelona's form coming into this game? Doesn't that give you a little bit more confidence? Well, I think they arrive both qualify in the next round of the Champions League. And, uh, but the problem is that uh, I think Atletico have better feelings than Barcelona right now. Barcelona, they are not playing the way we are used to or the way they want to play. But uh, I, uh, I think the last win against Porto in Champions League, maybe they give them back some confidence. And I think this game will be like a final in December for both teams. Because as I told you, Atletico has one game less and they are with the same points. So for Barcelona, they play at home and they must win. Let's see what happens, but I see uh, at the moment, I see Atletico in uh, more fit than Barcelona. How much of a worry is Barca's recent form? I mean, a lot of it's attributed to injuries, no doubt. Uh, yeah, but Real Madrid would say something like, oh, oh, oh you, oh, you want to talk about injuries? We got injuries. So the excuse of the injuries, I don't think, really carry a whole lot away for Barcelona. And nobody's feeling sorry for Barcelona in La Liga and say, oh, my goodness, Barcelona has injuries. Oh, poor little guys. Are they going to be able to put it together? Well, the truth of the matter is that Barcelona haven't been playing well. They haven't been playing well for the last month or so. And when you think of Barcelona and the Barcelona way of playing, it is that sharp possession. Possession in the attacking half. Possession with a purpose. Quality of movement with and without the ball. Passing around pressure. Passing through pressure. Those things are not happening for this version of Barcelona. So their passing game is not quite there. Okay, so maybe their 1v1 situations is there. No, they don't have that either. Their best 1v1 player currently right now in the starting lineup is Joao Cancelo.
That's your left back or right back, depending on where he plays. Maybe Lamin Yamal on his day. But other than that, you don't have dynamic movement in wide areas and 1v1 situations. Okay, so we don't have, we don't have the passing game. We don't have 1v1 situations. We got Lewandowski. Well, no, he's not scoring goals either, and not, you are not creating enough opportunities for him to be goal dangerous. Okay, so we don't have that either. All right, but we have defending because we had that last year when we were winning games 1-0. No, we don't have that either. <laughs> See, this is a team that hasn't defended nearly as well this season as they did last season. And so you put all those things together, and this is a team that is desperate for a performance and desperate for a result. They'll do just enough, I think, to get the draw. But to be quite honest with you, this weekend, Atletico Madrid, Girona coming up. There is a danger for Barcelona to lose touch and lose contact with the top of the league. And if that happens, then what happens with this team going forward? I agree with Mario. This is a final for Barcelona. Mm. There are games in a season that tell you what direction the, the season is going to go for you. This is one of those games for Barcelona. Mario, I wonder if we take a little big, bigger picture look here at Atleti. We heard the comments on yesterday's show from Alvaro Morata. He says, you know, this year feels different. They haven't won the title since 2021. Do you think this year feels different for Atleti? Well, I think Atletico must be a contender for sure uh, for the title. I think they are playing with high confidence. They are playing attacking football. Uh, they are building up the play many times, more than we were used to. So I think that that the confidence is key in football and in the players. And Morata is scoring a lot of goals. He's the striker of the team. Atletico is playing really well. The key players, Griezmann, Morata, Koke, Oblak, they are uh, they are fit both. So I think Atletico arrives in a good moment. As I told you before, they will treat this game like a final because if they win, they will put three more three more points uh, from Barcelona and with one game less. So let's see what happened on Sunday, but I think they arrived in a really good moment. Mm. Yala, to your point, the loser of Sunday could find themselves by the end of the weekend eight points mm. back uh, of the top of La Liga. There he is, Mario Suarez, joining us from Barcelona. Stay safe out there in enemy territory, and hopefully you will uh, stay <laughs> warm. Oh, yeah, get warm, please. As well, Mario Suarez, <laughs> that longtime midfielder yeah, for yeah, Atletico Madrid. Great to have him with us. And, of course, uh, coverage starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. On Sunday, you can watch the game right here on ESPN+. Plus. You can also watch it over on ESPN Deportes as well, ahead of a 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. 
Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. All right, let's get to the uh, Bundesliga table, shall we? we got some uh, big games coming up. Your league leaders, Bayer Leverkusen, hosting uh, Borussia Dortmund on Sunday. Dortmund right now, fourth place, 10 points back of the league lead. For more on this, we welcome into the show our good friend and colleague, Jan Agafjortov. All right, Jan, uh, you got to explain Borussia Dortmund to me. They, they lose to Stuttgart <laughs> well, in Bundesliga. Well. They get hammered by Bayern Munich in Bundesliga. And now they're the first team through in Champions League out of the group of death. What is going on with Dortmund? How much time does he have? <laughs> uh, the, the last ma man who can explain that was Albert Einstein, and he died in the 50s. It's not possible <laughs> to understand Dortmund. Uh, but what you can say about Dortmund is that they, they wanted to have the trophy. They just had to beat Mainz. Couldn't do it. Now they need to be the challenger trophy. Can't do that anyway. Then they are struggling at home against Gladbach, 2-0 down, then they're winning 4-2 out the and they go to San Siro. And what team is that? Brilliant! Winning there in a quite difficult group. Dortmund is flying in Champions League. So I think that tells you everything about the team. You 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 are not sure which team will turn up. Is it a team that need a lot of chances to have some good old players, the core of the team? Or is it the team that we've been seeing in the Champions League? There is no clue what's going on. And what they're talking about in, in Germany now, when you read all the magazine, when you read all the analysis, they are discussing what is Dortmund really now? They used to be a club that had a lot of young talents, selling them for loads of money, buying new talents. They did that with Dembele, with Sancho, with Bellingham, with Haaland, and so on and so on. Now it's more a team, they have a full Krug, uh, the core of the team is Royce, Chan, Hummels, and so on. But still, they're still producing it in Champions League. But uh, is it 10 points now after Leverkusen, who they played this weekend? Could be 13. Ale, not a lot of people picked Dortmund to advance in the Champions mm. League. I believe you did. Uh -huh. What well, did you see? You know my allegiances to Bundesliga. Well, mm, I was uh, hoping it was based in facts. Well, no, no, yeah, no, 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 it was based on no room on, for that. Look, no, it was based on the fact that when Dortmund are at their best, and we don't really know what that best really looks like consistently, but when they get in a in a position in which they can attack teams, they are exciting to watch. They're a team that actually has enough talent in the attack to create problems. And so the question then becomes, can they defend just enough to give themselves an opportunity and a platform from where they can attack, from where they can get on top of teams and they can have possession into the attacking half. The problem is that this doesn't happen all the time for Borussia Dortmund. I was so excited to see Borussia Dortmund play in the manner in which they did at Newcastle, which was a more pragmatic way of playing because the game called for it, where you're effective and efficient in front of goal and you're pragmatic in the way that you defend, you're organized, you're disciplined. If they were able to add that to what it's already a good attacking team, then you can see how this group could be a challenger for Bundesliga. Again, this doesn't happen all the time. In fact, I, I could not agree more with Jan in that you have no idea, no idea. And I, we cover this team on a weekly basis. We have no idea what version of Borussia Dortmund is going to show up. 
And it's one thing if we don't know, if Jan doesn't know. Edding Terzic doesn't know what version of his team is going to show up every week. And that has to be a scary thought going into a locker room. Speaking of showing up, you know who just showed up? Stuart Robson. There he is. Uh, Robbo <laughs> joining us from uh, Barcelona. Robbo, great to have you with us. How do you explain Borussia Dortmund and these wild inconsistencies that we see from league play to then the success in continental play? I think their major problem is that when the ball changes hands and, 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 and they've just said it in the studio and Alejandro got it absolutely right, they are too easy to counterattack. They're too easy to, to go at. Uh, you've got Hummels, who's had a, some good games, you know, and people said he was man of the match uh, last week against uh, Milan. But he can't run anymore. And when balls are played down the side, he needs protection. And, and too many times he hasn't got that protection. Emre Jan in midfield and Sabitzer haven't been good enough when the balls, uh, when they've lost possession and they're counterattacked. They've got fullbacks that love to get forward but don't get back defensively quite well enough. They've got front players that not sure quite how to press the ball. So they do have a good attacking threat. They do play some lovely football at times but they're inconsistent with their defending. Even the very first game of the season against Cologne, who are right down at the bottom, they were still vulnerable to the counter-attack. And that's been the case in every game that I've seen Dortmund play so far this season. That's their biggest problem. All right, so there it is. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Borussia Dortmund, Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on ESPN+. Plus. Let's take a look at who the guys are picking in this one. All right, so everybody except for Ale. Ale's the only one that is not picking Leverkusen to win. Shaka, you've got Leverkusen winning by the most, 3-0. Why do you see this as such a blowout? I just think Dortmund have struggled defensively all season long. And, and yes, there have been exceptions to that, particularly in Europe. But you, you look at, at Dortmund defensively, you don't, you're filled with absolutely no, no confidence. On the other side of that very same coin, Leverkusen um, have an attacking threat like nobody expected to see this season. They've been scoring goals, they've been exciting to watch. Xavi Alonso has them um, sitting top of the table, and deservedly so. What one draw in 19 games in all competitions so far this season, that tells its own story. Um, and, and again, just kind of given those deficiencies that we've seen from, from Dortmund far too often, I, I see this as being comfortable mm. for, for Leverkusen. Mm. I feel like you just gave me a lot of reasons not to trust Dortmund, but you, more than anybody in this panel, is trusting them to at least get a point on the weekend. Because that is who Borussia Dortmund are as a team. See, everything points in the direction of Bayer Leverkusen going into this match. And I mean everything. You, you want identity? Leverkusen has it. Does Dortmund have identity? We don't know. Leverkusen can attack. Leverkusen can defend. Leverkusen has a midfield. They should be easily superior to Borussia Dortmund. Guess why? This is when Borussia Dortmund plays well. <laughs> this is when they get a result. When you don't hey, hey. And, and I think it just goes to the mentality of this group. When you don't ex expect a whole lot from Borussia Dortmund, they seem to thrive. When you start to believe, that's when things get, get a little scary for them. So right now, I don't think you would expect Borussia Dortmund to get a result at Leverkusen. This is when they it's, go and get a result. Jan, you picked Leverkusen. I do. Uh, I think Leverkusen will be the main challenger, as, as they are at the moment. The only thing for them, we're coming up the Africa Cup. They will lose some players there. They can't plan how long they will be away and so on and so on. The biggest challenge for Leverkusen, if I, I'm going to say that, is that Bayern now is using their old trick. When Werder Bremen challenged them, they took their best players. When Dortmund challenged them, they took their best players. When Leipzig took their, uh, challenged them, they took their coach and their captain at the same time. Now they're flirting big time with Florian Wirtz. And take your popcorn, take your Coke, 
Coca-Cola because when uh, Tuchel lose one or two games, they will go after Alonso. We all know that. That is the way Bayern is doing things. They should do it. They should look for the best talents in, in, in Germany, but it's still, still no Boniface is linked to them. Florian Wirtz, of course, linked to them and so on and so on. That's what Bayern do. That is what the challengers like Leverkusen, like Florian Wirtz, that is dancing through like Michael Jackson as in, in the defense. He is a fantastic player. And of course, Bayern want to go after them. The funny thing is with Bayern, they always do it when the teams are getting a bit closer. Okay, Florio Bits, Boniface, maybe Alonso as well. Me, and, and we'll just wait one or two years. They will take Simon Rolfes as well, the head of sport. That's what Bayern do, but that's why they're also successful, Bayern. And Leverkusen could still say no. So now I've covered all my angles. Hmm. <laughs> Bravo, what about you? You think Leverkusen can get it done this season, beat Bayern to the title? Uh, I don't think they're going to beat Bayern to the, uh, Bayern to the title, but uh, I think they're going to be close. Uh, we just heard how good they are going forward. They've got wing-backs, and I know you like me to mention wing-backs who are doing brilliantly at the moment. <laughs> down one side, Grimaldo down the other. Uh, there's, they've got players who play in behind the main striker, Boniface, Inverts and Hoffman, who are clever with their movement, clever on the ball. They're a good team at the moment. They're athletic, they're well-organised, they've got a great manager, they can score goals. Do I think they'll win the title? No, I don't. I think they're going to come second, but it's going to be very close. All right, Bayer Lübeck, Leverkusen, Borussia Dortmund, Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time when our coverage starts here on ESPN+. Plus. Here's a look at the rest of the Bundesliga schedule for this weekend. Again, all these games available on ESPN+. Plus. The defending champions, Bayern Munich hosting Union Berlin bright and early Saturday morning. Ale Moreno, you will be on the coverage of that game. Is that correct? That's right. Starting at 9 a.m. Watch the pregame. Kay and myself. There you go. You needed any more reasons to watch. Oh, Archer Rintot, Archer Rintot as well. Oh, hey, hey, no, I'm definitely with he'll, he'll have a funny-looking jacket on, I'm suppose. What a moment for all involved. Uh, Bayern Munich, Union Berlin, early Saturday morning, kicking off the full Bundesliga weekend slate here on ESPN+. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, that's in Germany. What about in England, the Premier League? 
some huge games this weekend. We got uh, City against Spurs on Sunday, Newcastle, Manchester United on Saturday. Everybody chasing Arsenal. They got Wolves that game Saturday as well. Let's uh, start with Newcastle and Manchester United and see what the odds makers are saying here. Newcastle are favorites at St. James's Park. Newcastle win paying out right at about even money. Manchester United then will go away as underdogs. No Manchester United player under more scrutiny than the goalie, Andre Onana. Here's what the manager, Eric Ten Hag, had to say about his goalie. Quote, if you analyze it well, then you see he is the second best goalkeeper in the Premier League based on stats. Huh? He's doing well, but he knows that in the Champions League he has made some mistakes. But all over in the first five months he has done well. You have seen how he is reacting to a bad performance like in Munich. And at Burnley in the next game, he was outstanding. He is a strong character. He's a personality, and he will deal with it. All right, Shaka, we all saw the game against uh, Galatasaray. We all saw the mistakes. You and I were talking before the game. These comments, he's playing well, second best. It's hardly believable. Is it the right approach from Ten Hag? Uh, I think it's the only approach that Eric Ten Hag can, can take here. He, he can't hang uh, Andrew Nana out to dry. He, he went after Nana or someone spent an awful lot of, of high percentage of their budget in bringing a goalkeeper to replace David De Gea. And while Onana had found some form after, after I, an uncertain start, I'll be as kind as I can, uh, I thought the, the two goals um, against Galatasaray were, were glaring errors on his part. And there's no, no getting away from that. At a time where I think Manchester United were starting to play better, starting to put together better results, not great by, by any stretch of imagination, certainly in terms of performances, but they'd been very much trending in the right direction. And this came as a blow. And now for somebody who was quoted so highly, how, how do you kind of put those pieces back together? And, and Ten Hag is doing as good a job as, as he possibly can. It's up to Andrew Nana just to settle down, put together those strings of, of, of performances, just keep the ball out of the back of the net, never mind all this passing out of the back and everything else that, that's being asked of you. Um, just do the most basic thing first, build into the rest. I suppose the, the nuclear option for Eric Ten Hag would be to drop Andre Onana. Uh, Robbo, should he consider it? For who? No, that's, a good, that's, that's the big question. No, not at the moment. No, I don't think he should. No, I don't think he should. I think he's got to uh, uh, keep faith with him. He's got to hope that he builds his confidence. He has two or three good games, as Shaka said. Uh, the manager's doing everything he can to build his confidence up. He can't castigate him at the moment because that would completely uh, ruin his confidence. He's just got to hope, and he's got to work hard in training. Anana, he's got to get his confidence back. He's got to have three, four, five good games. And then everybody will be talking about him being a good goalkeeper again. It's that, it's that close. You know, he's a, he's a good goalkeeper. He's just having a bad time at the moment. Jan, you agree? Well, uh, I'm getting older in this game. I've seen some goalkeepers. I've seen some goalkeepers when they're losing it. Do I agree that Onana is a good goalkeeper? Yes, he did well for Inter. But when you see, Robo, you're talking about he's losing his confidence. If he hasn't lost his confidence, no, then, then he must be the strongest character in the game. Because I've seen some goalkeepers just losing. Something with their with balance. You can see it also with strikers when they can't score. They, they, they do, and they're desperate to score, and everything they do turn into nothing. And Onana is a bit there now. I think that, yes, you're right, Ten Hag, the only thing he can do is to support him. And we kind of 
uh, says that, uh, or some of you, some of the pundits, some of the experts say that you could ha you can't have two goalkeepers like R Raya and Ramsdale. I think that they should have competition, but that's wrong as well. I know we're talking about who is the second goalkeeper of Manchester United. So mm. we have other qualification degrees on goalkeepers. I, I know Shaka. He's a he's a guy that is mentally strong and he can take some criticism. Is that like that when a goalkeeper can't take criticism or what? Mm. I mean, how how much should we protect Onana? We have to be brutal. What he did in Istanbul, you wouldn't expect for an under sixteen goalkeeper. That looks like a goalkeeper. It totally lost it. And we can say how much we will about clean sheets. And I, I've been joking about it on X uh, myself, saying that, yes, his stats have been, been good and so on. When the goings get tough, the tough get ready. And Onana hasn't been ready. As someone who's never totally lost it, <laughs> do you see signs of somebody <laughs> totally losing it there, Zaka? <laughs> uh, listen, I... I understand exactly what, what Jan is saying and, and oftentimes you find yourself in, in this kind of a spiral it's hard to get yourself out I, I can't yeah the only person who I can think of that spiraled this way and managed to pull themselves out at the same club is Kepper mm. Kepper came back yeah. for Chelsea and all of a sudden looked looked the keeper that we once thought thought he was so much so that he found himself at Madrid injured now yes of course other than that when you find yourself in this kind of a spiral, your best option is simply a move away. Start afresh with, 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 some, with some other club, maybe even some, some other league. Um, I, I'm not sure that Onana is there just yet, but he is very close to, to, to that point. Um, so what, what, what are Manchester United's options as far as Onana goes? I'm not 100% certain because to, to your question, I'm not sure they have... The quality on, on the bench is just to bring somebody in. They've been linked with, with David De Gea, who's still a free transfer, of course, and they can still bring in. But that would just mm. be, I mean... What see, a story. As, as weird as it is, it'll exactly in keeping with who Manchester United have, have shown themselves yeah. to be. So maybe you just kind of wait it out, grit your teeth and bear it until, until the end of the season, and then assess your, your options. Manchester United, one point ahead of Newcastle heading into this game on Saturday at St. James's Park. Let's see... What the boys are picking. Mm. All right, so nobody picked Manchester United, worth noting. We got three draws from Ale, Shaka, and Rabo. Jan and I have taken Newcastle. Shaka, oh. you didn't pick Newcastle to win at Two Brute. No, we, no, 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 I didn't. Well, we've gone over this before. Though, we, we, we have. This we is have. the old double bluff. Uh. We have. I also wonder if, I, I also think that um, Newcastle's own injury problems, the game against PSG, you, you saw Eddie Howe, didn't make any substitutions. Alexander Izak looked gassed 60 minutes into that one. Um, and, and I just feel that that takes its toll. While it takes its toll, I think at St. James's Park gives them enough gas mm. to at least get a point out of this one. That's why you go and draw as well, Ali? Yeah. Look, uh, Manchester United have been slightly better than what they were in the earlier part of the season. But it's not like they have been outstanding. In fact, we highlighted the first half uh, against Galatasaray as, uh, look at this team. Uh, they're flying. Had it not been for Anana, they would have gotten the result. And that's really the first time that we really had a positive conversation surrounding Manchester United. And actually, the result didn't come out the way that they would have wanted or needed. So I don't know how much momentum they're really carrying with them. 
Uh, and I just think it's an important factor to be talked about when you have Newcastle at St. James's Park. It's different than Newcastle anywhere else. I think that plays a role. Therefore, all those things cancel each other out. 1-1 one, one draw. Mm. Robbo, you've gone for a draw, even though on yesterday's show you were hammering the United defense. What gives? Yeah, and I, I, we've been talking about Dortmund earlier in the show, and, and you can say the same about Manchester United. You're not quite sure what you're going to get against uh, at the, against Galatasaray. Some of their forward play, their wide players did well. The centre-forward held up the play. Bruno Fernandes <coughs> had the freedom of the park. McTominay was making forward runs. Full-backs were getting forward. But so often they were open at the back and I'm not talking about the centre-halves, I'm talking about the midfield players, the bad decisions by the full-backs and that will come into play again as, as it does when Dortmund play at the moment and Newcastle have got enough about them I think to score goals but Dort uh, Newcastle, you know, like Manchester United, they've got one or two injury problems uh, when Burns not playing at left-back, I don't think they're quite the same side, uh, you know I thought Botman was an excellent player for them Lascelles comes in, they're not quite so good, they've got one or two injury problems elsewhere, they've had the game as Shaka said against PSG, so they're going to be tired, 2 all is the result I think it's going to be, or, or, or certainly a, a score draw Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Newcastle-Manchester United on Saturday. Big game on Sunday, Manchester City against Spurs at the Etihad. Here are the odds, no surprise. Manchester City installed as pretty serious uh, favorites over Spurs. Let's take a look at the predictions. And uh, everybody going for Manchester City. Jan, you've got the biggest scoreline difference here at 3 nothing. You're giving Spurs no chance, huh? That's because this uh, last week when I did my studying, boys, I was li live on both their games. I went to Manchester City. Yes, they didn't convince us against Liverpool, but still the better team. You have to say Liverpool lucky to take a point away there. But then I went to Tottenham. Yes, Tottenham created enough chances. And it was just like unbelievable. They couldn't score more in that first half. But that defense of, of Tottenham, I'm sorry. Uh, if they play Alvarez, if they play Haaland, if they play Foden, if they play Doku, I mean, that does look well for Tottenham. Uh, I like Postacoglu. He says, if I can't do plan A, I will do, I will do plan A better, he says. Uh, now three losses in a row. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, if uh, that romantic thing maybe got to change a bit if you play Manchester City away with not your best defence. So I think that this would be a field day for the Manchester City mm. attackers. It was funny, I just, uh, if I may say, because uh, Alexander-Arnold scored that winner, everybody said, yeah, he was fantastic and he was man of the match uh, potential in that game. Well, Doko murdered him. I mean, mm. Doko won against one again 
against Arnold. Unbelievable. Uh, so, so he's on fire. So I think that is a clear win for Manchester City. Ali, you've picked this one close. You got Manchester City winning, but mm. only two to one. What's the worry for City there? That they fall into the trap of getting into a back and forth like they did against Chelsea. For many years, Guardiola, in whatever team he has coached and managed, his teams were about control. Control of the possession, control of the pace of the game. They speed it up when they want to. They slow it down when they want to. And what we saw from Manchester City against Chelsea and in some moments against Liverpool, but not as much as as we did against Chelsea, is that they were far too willing to get into a back and forth. We'll attack, you'll attack us. We'll attack you, you'll attack us. I think that sort of game plays into the hands of whatever it is that Postecoglou wants to do and Spurs wants to do. And I don't know that you want to get into that game with a team that this is what they like to do. This is what we do best. We'll get in a back and forth with you. So if I'm Manchester City, I'm looking for a sense of control, of dominance, overwhelming control, being that group of players that can take the possession into the, into the attacking half and break down lines of defending with the quality of that possession and the quality of the movement of the ball. If they do that, Manchester City wins the game if they get in a back and forth that's why I think it becomes closer than it needs to be Robin do you think Spurs can trouble this city back line uh, if they had a pass for the ball like Madison who's not going to be fit he could find Song because Song's got the pace to trouble Man City's defense he makes great runs and has caused them problems before but Madison isn't playing and I don't think they're going to get enough of the ball I think that it's going to be very dangerous if Spurs try and press the ball too high up the field Manchester City have got that ability to play around the pressure uh, if they to hold too high a line and they've got Emerson as one centre-half and Davis as the other centre-half, Haaland could have a field day. I mean, uh, Doku, if he plays, can, can give the right-back all sorts of problems. I just can't see how Spurs can stop Man City scoring a, a number of goals. And, and that's why I think they're going to lose the game. And Man City, I think, as, as Ali said, will control the game. They'll control the pace of the game. They'll speed it up when they need to. They'll slow it down when they need to. I can't see anything other than a, a fairly comfortable Man City win. Mm. Chaka lost for Spurs. That's four in a row in the league. How desperate is this? Um, very, given, given the start that they made to the season. But I, I don't think things will change. And, and, and like Jan, who's questioning Postecoglou's uh, romanticism, mm -hmm. I'm not. I, I'm a romantic. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. If there's so anything I, we know I, about Chaka, I, I, so I, I, I don't expect him to, to, to change at all. And, and um, in, in that regard, you, you establish who you are. You establish what your playing style is. Um, and, and this very much is a, is a work in progress for Postecoglou. Listen, and, and while, yes, we're talking about three and, and well, given our, our predictions, four losses in a row, Nobody thought Spurs would be even in a conversation with matching the likes of Manchester City and, and whoever else was, was up, up top. At least they've done that and by showing who they are. I think they continue to do that. Wait for those fit players to come back. Give them something to, to come in and, and, and be a part of um, and, and see where, where this season takes you. But your Postecoglou is building for the long term and I, I don't expect much of a change. City hosting Spurs on Sunday. Jan, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Erling Holland mm -hmm. setting uh, yet another record before we let you go. Let me make sure I, I get these right because there's actually, I think, two of them. He's the fastest to 40 Champions League goals in only 35 games. My goodness. He's also the youngest to that mark, 40 Champions League goals. Did it at the age of 23 years and 130 days old. Not bad, Jan. Not bad.
Not bad, as Norwegians do, uh, but yes, uh, Erling has been... As, the, what has most impressed me about Erling, still, he is, uh, there's a lot of work in progress. Even Erling is a work in pro progress. Now, you see his heading ability, much better. He scores more, more goals with his header. Uh, his build-up play is better. But what I like to, I'm so impressed with, we know we can score goals. We know we will get to chances to Manchester City. We know his runs are different class but that he managed to always block out things the expectations all the rec records and everything he's always there he's always present then he had two injuries he had that with, with the same injury but two times it happened against Bournemouth happened when he played for Norway still managed to come back he didn't need that time to get into to the team again he got good teams uh, teammates around him he got a great manager but it's also down to Erling managed to block everything else out and always produce very impressive all right, thank you very much, Jan. Guys, it's a sad uh, time in the show. We have to say goodbye to Stuart oh. Robson. Oh, yes. no. It's, uh, it's difficult. <laughs> Robbo, uh, thanks as always for your contribution. And please, brother, get warm. You look very cold. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, uh, Stuart Robson from uh, Barcelona. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Jan will be with us for extra time. Oh, Ali will as well. Shaka, too, as we take your questions from social media. Make sure to join us, and you can always find it over on the ESPNFC YouTube channel. To Serie A, where there's some action on Friday. Juventus needing a stoppage time winner from Gatti to beat uh, Monza, who had their own stoppage time equalizer. The final score there, 2-1. to one. Uh, American Weston McKinney getting the start in that one in the Juventus midfield. Here's what it means for the top of the table. Juventus are now in first, just a point ahead of Inter Milan. They will be playing Napoli on Sunday. Before we get out of here, I know what you're asking. Why haven't we seen, why haven't we checked in on Bundesliga 2 in a while? Oh. St. Pauli against oh, Hamburg. Oh. Shaka, the Hamburg oh. goalie here is doing. Oh. Oh, what? Oh. Uh, oh, Shaq. Yeah. Well, this is the uh, seldom seen. Oh. Jackastrophic. Uh, Vlogs. Royale. Witches. Oh, goodness. This I is mean, everything. Look at this. Everything. Oh, good. Everything you can have. Yeah. Shaq. Why do you all? Shaq. Pick these things when I'm here. What's going on with your boy, Shaq? I don't know. How am I supposed to explain that? <laughs> Tell me about your boy, Shaq. Oh, he takes a, a six-yard run-up and <laughs> smashes it into the back of the net. Till the roof. Didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate. <laughs> no, it was, it was a good finish. There was no keeper saving that, that's for sure. Yep. But he did. Shaq All right, for this edition of uh, ESPN FC. For Ale, Shaka, I'm Seb. Thanks for watching. Stick around. Extra time begins right now. Everybody. Hey there, everybody. Hey. Welcome into this edition of ESPNFC's Extra Time. Yeah, Jan Agafjordov. Here's a different one for um, Football America. What's your, what's your hello? Shaka Hislop and Ale Merino. No, oh, Football America says oh. football. Oh. Uh, did, I, did I shock you on the show last night? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. You were taking a nap, right? <laughs> I thought I could get that. That'll, that'll wake you up. Wake you, up. You, you, see, you see the outfits they wear and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, like graphic tees. I was all nice there. there you know, I was yeah, there. Yeah, jacket and tie. They're, they're connecting with the hip audience. Oh, I, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Can I say, Shaka was a little bit overdressed on his appearance yeah, last yeah. night. Full tie, buttoned yeah. up, very formal. I, yeah. was, I was connected with the geriatrics. Yes. <laughs> well, it's good to have some gravitas. <laughs> We don't have much of that. We're lacking in that uh, department. Okay, first question here. Copa America pots have been announced today. Not groups, but the, the pots for seeding. Ale, how are you liking Venezuela's chances in pot three? 
Seb, do Mexico or U.S. have any chance of winning? Shaka, will Trinidad take one of the remaining spots in pot four? Ale, we'll start with you in Venezuela. Well, I cannot answer this question about Venezuela without talking about the fact that your beloved Mexico and the United States are in pot one. <laughs> Hater in the house. And, and, and how did we get there? I'm just going to lead back. How here. did we get to the point to where the United States and Mexico are given the opportunity and the right to be in pot one? You tell me, you are a big fan of both of these teams. You, you have your allegiances with both. Yes. Do they belong in pot one? Huh? Having seen Uruguay play. Okay, so here's what I, if I were really doing pot one, really yeah. truly on what yeah. I believe the best four teams are today, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, USA, Mexico would not be a top four team. Mexico yeah. barely qualified. Yeah. And with penalties? Hey, steady over there, yeah. Trinidad. No, I'm Relax. just saying, it went to no. penalties. This is factual information. Okay. Whereas Uruguay went to Argentina and won. And they beat Brazil. Beat yeah. Brazil as well. Yeah. In fact, Colombia just beat Brazil. Yeah. So look, I understand and. You wouldn't again, put U.S. in a home tournament ahead of Colombia? Well, but hold on a second. This is a home tournament that is a made-up tournament for the United States. Well, it's still and in the United States. Yes, well, but I don't care if it's in the United States. This is Copa America. It's already bad enough that you're taking the tournament out of South America. We got it. Out of South America. See, the Euros, take the Euros out of Europe. Do that. See how that works out. Mm -hmm. See, you're taking the tournament that is a South American tournament to be playing the United States, and now we're accommodating the United States as well, and Mexico. Let's not forget, because this, I tell you why Mexico's in pot one. Because Mexico makes a lot of money here. More money than the United States. Correct. In the United States. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so, honestly, if we're going to run this tournament and, and do it correctly, Neither the United States nor Mexico right. belong in pot one. Well, to be fair, Qatar was in pot one at the World Cup. Like, that's how it goes. Qatar doesn't belong in pot one either. All right. All right, next here on uh, Extra Time, Natum's interior decorator. Uh, for Jan, imagine your shabby Alonso. Oh, I never got Trinidad. Mm -hmm. Trinidad, you, yay or nay? Uh, it's going to be tough, Seb. I was hoping you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's still a path in in March. So it's 90 minutes. We played in Canada in a yeah. neutral venue. Listen. Canada have proven themselves to be one of the better teams in, in CONCACAF over the, over the last, what, four years? And we haven't. It's about as nice as I can put it. It's, it's going to be tough. We have, okay. We've got to punch this chance. Let's okay. leave it at that. Ale, you never told me what you thought Venezuela would do in the Copa America. But before you do that, I would like to visually um, bring back some Oh, Oh, hello. Who is this? Look at that team, what Captain. We, what do we sell it? For those listening on the podcast, this is a visual from, I believe, the Venezuelan, or maybe Conmebol, uh, Venezuelan Federation. It's kind of all the stars of Venezuelan football. Uh -huh. And Ale Moreno wow. definitely on it. What do we There's celebrate? Seven there. Uh, yes, I, I, who's on it? it this eight, was put eight. out by Conmebol congratulating Venezuela and the Venezuela Federation for their 98th birthday. Wow. So I made the cut, apparently. Okay. Wow. Vamos, Venezuela! That's part three, you kidding me? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, how about, the, how about the hair? I know. Oh, yeah. Didn't recognize it. I was like, who's that? Well, you know. All right, Jan, here's your question. Uh, imagine you're Xabi Alonso for a sec. Let's say your former clubs, Bayern, Liverpool, and Real Madrid, all have managerial vacancies this summer, and they all offer you the job. Which job are you taking and why? Again, it's Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Real Madrid. Ooh. Mm. 
Uh, first, I would just ask you which pot is Norway on, because if USA and Mexico is in pot one, are we a part of Copa America too? Don't get him started again, Jan. Sorry. Don't get him started again. That's right, Jan. Sorry. We've been listening to this for the last two weeks. No, sorry, sorry. Uh, I, so, my name is Sabi Alonso. As you know, I was a very ele elegant midfielder, winning everything. I played for Liverpool, I played for Bayern Munich, and I played for Real Madrid. And now I have the chance to pick from all these clubs. So we start there. First of all, I will say that if after doing that, what I've done now in Germany, being a big challenger, maybe winning the Bundesliga, I will go out of Germany. I can always come back to Bayern Munich. So then I will see what will I do with Liverpool and Real Madrid. Then I would think, uh, as Sabi Alonso, that I think if I have the chance to do Real Madrid, I will do Real Madrid straight away because I can always get a chance to go back to Liverpool. And that is no disrespect to Liverpool, but we do know that for a lot of coaches, a lot of players, the ultimate goal is to one day play or manage Real Madrid. So I will go in that uh, order. All right. Xavi Alonso doesn't, doesn't have Jan's hair. He has a lot, but not Jan's hair. I'm, I'm not going to criticize anybody's hair. Let's be honest. <laughs> Nobody. Well, I mean, in that last picture, it was pretty Nobody's strong. Got, yeah, yeah. Pretty that. strong. Pretty strong. I, I tell you what. His hair, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, Al's hair on that picture would have been in pot one of hairs. Yes. yes, yes, Jan. Yes, yes, Jan. You're my favorite, Jan. And for that, I'll tell you this, Jan. You have better hair than Seth. What? I'll tell you. Yeah, uh -huh. That's right. I said it. You heard me. I didn't stutter. I know we like to have fun. I said it. But accuracy is paramount here on ESPN FC, and we just can't be throwing stuff out like that. Okay? <laughs> we need to keep we need to keep wow. facts facts. All right, uh, guys, do your kids slash family ever ask to hear stories about your old playing days? Do they seem impressed that you were a successful pro soccer player? From the laughs. I don't think you guys are getting much respect no, no, no. at home. What's going on, Shaka? No, no, no. But absolutely yeah. not. No one ever asked for. Let me tell you. So. My, my <laughs> pre-match meal used to be tuna pasta bake, right? Okay. I loved it. My wife cooks it now, and every time she cooks it, I always just say, this used to be my pre-match meal. All the kids, we get it, Dad. You used to be a professional <laughs> football player. Move on. Move on. Really? No respect. None whatsoever. No. Jan, no. same for you? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm at my parents' house. Uh, I'm in West Norway. And mm -hmm. all the stuff of my football career is here. That's the reason. It's not at home. If you mm -hmm. come into my home, has Jan ever played football? That's point one. And I will use my wife as I've been married for a couple of hundred years with my wife. <laughs> uh, I will. We've been together all my football career. So sometimes I go to these reunions, especially to Germany. I go to Eintracht Frankfurt. We meet up once a year and, so, and when we bring our wives. So what, typical, after one of those nights, we would come back to the hotel room. My wife would say, Jan, is there any chance that you would stop take, doing the same stories every year? Every year the same stories. Is there any chance? And I say, oh, never, never. We will always stick to the same old stories. Uh, Jan's son, Marcus, I believe, is quite an accomplished footballer, right? Uh, he's never asked you about that time that uh, you got stopped by Jorge Campos at the 1994 World uh, Cup. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember that game. I just yeah. remember we won 1-0. Uh, 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 u
answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. That's why you've got better here, yeah. Yeah. You know it's an even better answer is going back and looking at the group standings. <laughs> seeing who advanced out of that group. Uh, yeah, true. Good point. Mm -hmm. All right, don't Hutchison. Start bench drop. <laughs> I mean, the names are good. Garnacho, Ansu Fati, and Doku. Oh, that's hard. Uh, Ale, you go first. Mm, well, I, I don't think it's as hard as you. I guess we're going right. No, nor do I. I'm, let me see if you go the same as me. I think you start Doku, uh, you bench Garnacho, and you drop Ansu Fati because he's not healthy and fit enough to play, so he cannot be part of the mix. Shaka? Yeah. Yeah? Same. I definitely start Doku, no question. And Garnacho coming off the bench. Jan, and it's so, make it three for three. It's, it's so typical Don Hutchins and asking a question like that that is so obvious. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I do understand after that game, goal, super Puskas kind of game of Garnacho that he will be in there, but I, I will be with the boys. It's not often that all three of us uh, agree on that. Uh, uh, on those kind of questions. It's rare. It's yeah. rare. When it happens in the show with predictions, I always think to go the other way. Yeah, we had, a couple, we had a couple of them on the show today. <laughs> we but, did. Oh, that's not good for it was City. No good for City. Do you guys agree with Ancelotti that modern football requires physical players like Bellingham to cover the pitch more quickly than compared to when you played? Whoa, that's, that's, that's kind of... Um, Shaka? <laughs> The game's changed. I think, and I was in reference to a comparison between Bellingham and Zidane, which is just kind of ridiculous. Two, two very different players. But I think Ancelotti answered as well as he could, and um, yeah. The game, the game is asking for a different type of player now. I'll give you an example of a player who growing up I thought was magical out of Colombia. El Pibe Valderrama, Carlos Valderrama, whose passing game was second to none in the world and whose ability to see the field was second to none. But what was also second to none was his, his inability to run. Uh, he was the king of the slow jog. And he would get around the field and just find the spaces that he knew he could get the ball and then find a pass. I don't know. And, and I don't know whether this is good or bad for the game, but I don't know that there is a place in the game for that sort of player nowadays at the elite level. Now, I, every team would love to have a guy with the vision of Valderrama, but the game now demands for more. And so players like that seem to be phased out. Because you can't like sacrifice a guy defensively, basically. Co correct, because you know he's not gonna cover ground defensively and, you, and, and he's not gonna make any effort. And, and trying to get himself in defensive positions. So now you're carrying an extra player, and plus the physicality of the back and forth. He didn't want to do the back and forth. It's not what he did best. I don't know that a player like that, and we would be missing out on a great player and a great talent. Right. Because let me tell you, he was unique. And around the world, he was more well-known because of his hair. But the guy could play, and nobody could find a pass like him. But, but, but then for, but I, for I, every player okay. like, like Valderrama, you have a Claude Makaleli, mm. who, who covered every blade of grass. Right, right. So, you know, but again, to, to Ali's point, um, I, I'm not sure that you can, the game today, you can afford to have one, one passenger right. who wants of a, of a better, of a better term, um, who, who, especially in midfield, who isn't doing running, who isn't giving, who isn't helping at all. You, you, you can't afford that in, in today's game. Jan, I go think, ahead. I, it, now, I think that sometimes we, we are, do, we are, we are, 
children of the 90s and uh, I think the 90s are in fashion because of first of all there are a lot of myths about the 90s there was a reason by uh, there was there was a reason why our shirts were a bit more they not were not so tight because if you see nowadays you can have a celebration you take off your upper body and they have a body like models there was not many models in the 90s. We have to agree on that. There were not many models. I mean, some, some when we played uh, Shaka, when we played in England, we would say that some of them were what we call a bit fatty. I mean, we have to, we have to just say that. And, and, and that is one thing. And secondly, in the 90s, we are, and some pundits always say, oh, we need the leaders of the 90s. We need this and that. Like, people change. There is a new set of footballers now. Yes, they're more fragile, maybe, but that is the way they are. That is how children, that's what we develop. And that's why the leaders now are different in the 90s. Some, some, I'm glad I was a, a, a guy of the 90s. If I had a body like Cristiano Ronaldo, I would take my shirt off anytime. But mm. I didn't, and neither did my colleagues. Oh, such a missed opportunity for all of us. <laughs> to see young without a shirt? <laughs> Do the guys remember the first time in the ESPN studios? When was the first time they met each other? Oh. Uh, who's the longest tenured here? Is it you, Shaka? Shaq. Yeah. So take us back, memory lane. To what? To your beginnings here at ESPN. I first came up here in October 2007. I just, wow. I just retired from, from FC Dallas. Um, Steve Polisi, our coordinator producer, invited me up to do a couple of shows. I had nothing else to do. My wife and I were planning to move back to Trinidad after Christmas. Um, so I thought, all right, and came up. And um, I think I did two shows with Press Pass, as it was called back then, with Janusz, Tommy, and, and Derek. Um, did a game commentary with Adrian Healy. And I got a call a couple of weeks later saying that they wanted to offer me a professional, offered me a full-time deal. And all of a sudden, here I am. I never gave doing this kind of work any thought before that. Yeah. What about your start? My Did, start? Well, didn't you meet Stevie on your first day? What, no, no. What's my, that? My start came from failure. My start came from the fact that Chivas USA, the team that I was mm -hmm. playing with at the time in Major League Soccer, we failed to make the playoffs. And ESPN at the time was looking for somebody who had some success in MLS uh, Cups and, 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 and could come and, and do studio work, guest studio work for the playoffs. And who was available? Well, this guy, because, well, we were not in the playoffs. And I had been fortunate enough to have won three MLS Cups at that time, and so therefore they brought me in. And I did the playoff coverage for ESPN for Major League Soccer. And then after that, the next year, we again failed to make the playoffs. ESPN called me back to do the same thing. And the year after that, I retired. And that's when I came up. And actually, the first time that I did a FC show, or, or what was, uh, I think it was like a pilot type thing, mm -hmm. uh, it was Shaka, Dan, and myself. Wow. And uh, our today's producer, Luis, was also in the, in, the, in, the, in the room with us. Wow. It would be a reunion yeah. if just Dan were here. He's the only thing missing. Uh, people people uh, often uh, say that uh, when I'm here. You've got better hair than Dan, Seb. And better height. I, I'm, I'm, well, uh, as I'm the, I, as I'm the rookie here, it's, it's true that I'm a good at the end. And, and what, is, what is interesting, because I've never been in the States, I've always done in different hotel rooms all around Europe, sitting somewhere with some sad hotel door behind me uh, doing that. But 
I, I find is brilliantly because there is a kind of bound uh, between us. And when I go to England, especially, and I meet some of the guests I have never, or, or some of my colleagues, when I meet them in, in stadium, and it's that bound straight away. We go over to each other, we hug each other. And and uh, uh, the thing is, when I'm when I'm in England, I get comment all the time about the colleagues, especially about Craig. They say is Craig as is is Craig as crumpy as everybody is saying. As as I do understand that Craig loves its image, so I say no, no, no. He's smiley. He's so nice. He's the nicest. He's the nicest ever. But I, if I may say to understand how big big our thing is, I I went to Manchester City and I I, I said the story for the biggest boss at Manchester City. I, I I would like to pronounce his name, but I'm, I would probably go wrong. But that is the the boss at Manchester City. I went into the club uh, uh, club uh, VIP thing there to pick. Up of Alfie Haaland and he said and, and Alfie said there's the boss of Manchester City you know him uh, uh, I should now take his name uh, Calif uh, and he's, he's saying uh, and he's coming here and he came over to me and before he said hello to Alfie he just came over to me and he said I see you at ESPN all the time love it I think that is power for that <laughs> let's is power go for uh, yeah let's go it, <laughs> yeah. friends in high places how about that alright <laughs> How about the names that were dropped just in, in that little story, that right? Good, Alfie yeah. Holland, the big yeah, boss in Manchester yeah, yeah. City, yeah, came yeah, over yeah, to yeah, the... Yeah. I know my storytelling. I know yeah. my storytelling. <laughs> but much like Shaka, and, and I don't know about Yama, much like Shaka, it wasn't even on my radar to be doing this post-career. It And it just all happened sort of by circumstance and... Kind of, you get a phone call, you say yes. I could have just as easily have said no. I said, yeah, sure, why not? I've never done it. I just sat in a chair, they asked me a question, I answered the question, and it's like, and, and here we are, are still talking all this. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I haven't stopped talking for the last decade or so. A, I just uh, keep showing up. <laughs> I've, I, I don't have my contract for the last 10 years. I just keep, <laughs> nobody knows I've been fired. Like the guy in office. But it's still, still funny. I played against Shaka. He played in Newcastle, mm -hmm. I played as Middlesbrough, we were up in Northeast, and then you meet again. And when we talk about players, we do we do tend to see that is international connection. That's what we all, I guess, love about football, because yeah. although there are some of us, but it's still not many. Uh, so it's, 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 it's like a, a kind of family, a, a funny yeah. family. Uh, and apparently we keep telling the same stories every time. Uh, yes, yeah, so if anything sums up family. Have you talked to my wife? To my wife? <laughs> and we all laugh at each other. Jan's yeah. got to stop lying to the people about Craig, though. Jan's got to stop lying to the people about Craig. Please, Jan, tell the people the truth. Well, it's funny. He's, he's talking about how everybody runs and hugs each other, and then he's talking about Craig. So obviously not the same guy. All right, there he is. Uh, Jan Agafiotov, great to be with you. Alam Reyna, Shaka Hislop. I'm Sebastian Salazar. Thanks for watching us here uh, on Extra Time. And a reminder, ESPN FC available for you seven days a week. Uh, Craig and Shaka will be back oh. in the studio for tomorrow's Will you be hugging yeah. Craig tomorrow? I'll give him a hug. Why not? He needs it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.